Hail and well met, everyone. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a podcast by a nerd for other nerds that love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather, and I'll be your host as we journey into the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. So, like usual, you saw from the title of the episode that I'm going to be talking about a different topic this week, and that is the history of conventions. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because last week, at the end of August, Logan and Tessa, two of the other directors for Nerdsmith, went to SAC Anime, which is one of the local Sacramento area conventions. Obviously, with a name like that, it's anime-focused, but they also talk about other comics and TV shows and things like that. And they hosted a panel called Podcasting 101. So it was a panel all around, you know, what we learned during the time since we started Nerdsmith. Because we only started Nerdsmith back at the beginning of March. So we've only really been doing Nerdsmith, let's see, it's September now. So we've only been doing it for like six months. It, we haven't been doing it for that long. So we wanted to talk about some of the things we discovered that worked well, didn't work well, and things like that. The other reason I wanted to do this episode this week is because this weekend, myself, Angela, Tessa, and Logan, three of the other Nerdsmith directors, are going to be joined by Joe, who does Dear DM, uh, Solani, who does Plot Hunters on the network, and by Jesse V. Hill, who just joined along with the cast of Champions of the Earth. So we're super excited to have them on board on the network. And all of us are going to be doing a panel at the Rose City Comic Con up in Portland. We're going to be focusing on inclusivity and diversity in gaming in different ways, you know, both how to bring it to the table as well as some of our experiences being people who are either LGBTQ or just women in general, like myself, because, you know, depending on the people, women are not always accepted well into gaming, as well as people who are of other races, myself being Japanese American, um, you know, Jesse is of Latin descent, and then Solani is African American. So, you know, that sort of thing. We're going to be talking about all of that inclusivity and diversity. And if you happen to be in the Portland area, then I hope we see you there. So the definition of convention, I mean, just like usual, in if you look at Merriam-Webster, there's a few different ones. The one that's pertinent to today's episode is a summoning or convening of an assembly, usually for a common purpose. So obviously, primarily, I plan to focus on some of the history of fan conventions, not specifically comic, not specifically gaming, but fan conventions and science fiction conventions and things like that. Basically, just the usual geeky conventions. But the very first convention in sort of real U.S. American history is actually the Constitutional Convention of 1787. For anyone who doesn't remember their U.S. American history from high school, the Con Constitutional Convention of 1787 is when a bunch of the Founding Fathers 
got together in Philadelphia. There were representatives from all the different states, but at the time, a lot of them were the people that we would now recognize as the founding fathers of the U.S. They wrote out the Articles of Confederation, which they then got together and went over again, and eventually it became the Constitution that was the basis of the very beginning of the United States of America. So that really is the really the first convention of the United States as we know it. Now, obviously, that's a historical convention. As I mentioned, the definition is basically an assembly of people who are there for a common purpose. So some of the earliest conventions, if you go back in history, are political. And even now, we use the word convention for some of the political gatherings, such as the Democratic Convention, the Republican Convention, that kind of thing. The term gets used for those as well. So technically, the first conventions had nothing to do with comics or science fiction or fantasy or anything like that. Another thing that I really feel like historically should be acknowledged as a type of convention and even a type of fan convention is some of the really early world's fairs and exhibitions by different scientists and creators of the time, inventors of the time. There were so many held at different times when different things were invented that it would be really hard to list all of them off. Um, But I'm talking about things like when steam engines were invented or when Thomas Edison, you know, developed the light bulb and all those kinds of things. There weren't strictly conventions where, you know, a bunch of different inventors all got together, but they would have these big exhibitions where basically the different scientists of the time and the different inventors of the time would showcase their inventions and then all of these people would show up and they'd look at it, they'd meet the inventor, they would ask questions and learn about it. There were often lectures regarding the different topics that led to the creation of the item. So in a very abstract way, some of those earliest exhibitions and World's Fair type of situations were the very earliest iterations of fan conventions as you and I know them. Now, when I say fan convention, what I'm talking about specifically is comic conventions and science fiction conventions and things like that that are put on by the fans. So not ones that are company owned, but specifically that were originated by fans who got together and started them because they all wanted to get together and discuss something that they really loved. And I mean, nowadays we have conventions for everything and they might get called different names slightly you know sometimes they might be referred to as a convention sometimes they might be referred to as an expo or a conference but a lot of times they are all by definition a convention because it's a group of people getting together because they're all interested in the same topic or same purpose Also, I want to apologize because as is typical, as soon as I hit the record button, my cat starts yelling at me in the background because he wants me to pay attention to him. So if you hear any meowing during this episode, you know, like usual, I'm sorry, but I just, I generally don't have the ability to catch every single one and edit them all out if I want to get my episode out on time. So eh, you guys get to hear a little cat meows in the background. So back to the topic at hand, beyond fan conventions, there are now especially conventions that are put on by different companies. For example, BlizzCon, put out by Blizzard that makes a bunch of video games. That's a perfect example. It is not something that was fan started. It's not a fan controlled convention. 
but it is still technically a gaming convention. So at the moment, at least, those are really sort of the two big types of conventions. There's the fan conventions that are still put on by the fans and not by a company that owns some sort of product. And then there are the conventions that are strictly owned by a particular company like BlizzCon and focused on that. Or like uh, a good example would be VidCon. VidCon is the YouTube convention that I think most people have heard of. And it was started by creators on YouTube. So by YouTubers who were making content. And they started it partly because they thought it would be good for the different YouTubers to get together, partly for the fans. But then, of course, at some point, YouTube took over and made it an even bigger thing. But initially, it was started by the fans. Another one that is similar to that is Gen Con. Now, Gen Con, as we know it nowadays, of course, is this big convention held in Indianapolis every year. There's tons of comics and video games and all that kind of stuff. But when it was originally started, it was established in 1968 by Gary Gygax. He actually started Gen Con, and he started it as a war games convention. He hadn't created Dungeons and Dragons yet, but he liked the war games that were out already, and that's how it started. And originally, the convention was held in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. That's actually why it's called Gen Con, because it was called the Geneva Convention. They did this for two reasons. One is because that's where it was started. The other reason is because the Geneva Conventions are actually a set of international treaties regarding war, both how war will be handled as well as how prisoners of war are treated. So if you've ever heard in the news or in a story or anything like that or a movie, people talking about violations of the Geneva Convention, that's what it's referring to. And since the whole convention started as a war game convention, the idea of naming it after a wartime international treaties kind of appealed to a lot of people. Makes sense. But Gen Con started there in 1968. And then, of course, eventually it had to move because it got too big. But Gen Con is the absolute perfect example of a convention that started as a fan convention and now has changed and become more of a corporate-owned convention. When it was originally started in 1968, it was Gary Gygax organizing it and getting it together. They called themselves the International Federation of Wargaming, and that's where the convention was held. Then in 1975, Gen Con was hosted by and funded by TSR, which was the gaming company that Gygax actually co-founded. And from there, of course, it passed through several more hands because TSR was acquired by Wizards of the Coast in 97, which was then acquired by Hasbro. And at some point during there, uh, I believe it was in 2002, Hasbro sold Gen Con to the former CEO of Wizards of the Coast, Peter Atkison. And Peter Atkison has continued to carry on Gen Con as we know it. There was some bankruptcy issues and a lawsuit issue with Lucasfilms, but in general, that's how it occurred. It started as a small wargaming convention in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It eventually moved to Milwaukee because it needed a bigger space, and then from Milwaukee, it eventually moved to Indianapolis, where it is now hosted every year, as we know, under the name Gen Con. 
So this is a really good example, like I said earlier, of how it started as a fan convention because the International Federation of Wargaming was a group that Gygax co-founded. He and his friends were fans of wargames and they started a convention because they wanted there to be one. And then gradually over time, it changed, it became bigger, it became this big organization and ultimately was owned by Hasbro for a while before being sold to Peter Atkison, but nonetheless, it became more of a corporation and not just a fan convention anymore. And this does happen to a lot of conventions nowadays, simply because the funding is so much and there's so much organization that goes into hosting them every year. I mean, it really is a year-round job to organize these conventions because you have to make sure you have your space saved for the weekend in question. You have to make sure that you have all of the paperwork handled. You have to make sure that you get all of the information out. You have to book all of the talent. You have to make sure you sell all the tables. You have to make sure that you get the tickets out there on time so that people can purchase them for the next year's convention. You know, before they even purchase them, sometimes you have to kind of have an idea of who's going to be there because people want to know. It's a big, big deal. I hosted, well, not hosted, I organized the craft fair that the hospital I work at had once or twice, and it was a lot of work. Myself and my coworker who were doing it were able to really get it down to a pretty easy system for ourselves, but the first year, it was all over the place. She and I had to look into so much paperwork, we had to do so much organizing, had to figure out how to get people to come and be part of it. And of course, nowadays, things like Comic-Con and Gen Con and WonderCon, they're so big that they don't have to try to get people to come to them. They don't have to try to get uh, companies to come sell and have tables at their conventions necessarily. But initially they had to because they were just small fan conventions at one point. So according to Gen Con's website, and I wasn't able to find anything that helped me really 100% corroborate this, but since they put it on their website, I'm hoping they did their research. But according to Gen Con's website, Gen Con is the oldest gaming convention in the United States. And given that it originated all the way back in 68, I would definitely believe that even if it wasn't the first, it's probably one of, if not the oldest ones that are still around and still being held every year. Because there were a lot that would have started and stopped or, you know, maybe it went on for five years and then it stopped just because of funding, which, you know, again, I mentioned a lot of them have to become companies because of that or have to be purchased by a company in order to keep going or possibly because they didn't have enough space or something happened one year that caused them a problem. But either way, Gen Con is the oldest one that we know of. Hi everyone. So, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, myself, Tessa, Logan, Angela, Solani, Joe, and Jesse V. Hill, all from nerdsmith network are going to be hosting a panel at rose city comic-con which is this weekend when this episode airs i'm pre-recording because for obvious reasons i'm not gonna have a lot of time to record when i normally would but 
I definitely recommend that if you're in the Portland area, swing by and see us if you can make it. The Rose City Comic Con has a bunch of awesome events. There's a lot of great panels being held. Our panel is going to be Friday at 5.30 and we are discussing inclusivity and diversity in gaming, which is something that we all feel very strongly about. And there's a lot of other awesome photo ops and things like that too, depending on the day you can make it. I know they're going to have John Barrowman there. David Tennant is going to be there a couple of the days. I'm trying really hard not to spend the money on the photo op, but it's amazing. There's also going to be um, Catherine Tate who played Donna on Doctor Who, as well as people who played the, some of the Reavers in Guardians of the Galaxy. They're also going to have people from Smallville and from Karate Kid. I mean, they've got a huge list of people. Go check it out at their website. It's Rose City Comic Con is the name of the convention. And if you're in the Portland area, I hope we see you there. You can find me and the other Nerdsmith crew wandering around looking at everything. If you find one of us and take a snail fee, there might be some prizes. A snail fee is basically a, you make a snail with your hands and then you take a selfie. It's cute. I'm also going to be walking around with my signature cat ears, as you can see from my headphones on my artwork, as well as if you watch our Twitch stream, I always have my cat ear headphones on. So I'll be walking around with some cat ears on and I have some to hand out to people if you come find me. And I hope we see you there. And beyond that, I definitely recommend checking out worldanvil.com. I keep mentioning it because I love their site, but worldanvil.com. We use it for our Twitch stream here at Nerdsmith. It's a great website. It's so easy to organize all the data on your world or your world that you're creating for your game or a story or what have you. It's just fantastic. And I recommend if any of those things are something you could use it for that you should check it out. Okay, so I've mentioned that Gen Con is the oldest gaming convention here in the U.S., but the oldest fan convention in general, so one that's not specifically about gaming, is actually a science fiction convention. It's currently known as Worldcon, but when it was first started in 1939... 1939. This convention is over 75 years old, and it was started in 1939 as the World Science Fiction Convention, which is exactly what it sounds like. Basically, it was a bunch of people who, in 1939, started this convention to celebrate science fiction works. So, you know, things like Jules Verne or what else was around back then? Uh, some H.P. Lovecraft stuff, like things like that would have been celebrated. And it's also, for anyone who's heard of this, anyone who's a science fiction fantasy fan will probably have heard of this award, the Hugo Awards, right? They are awards that are handed out at this ceremony and they have to do with great works of science fiction. Now, some of the categories for the Hugo Awards have expanded over the years. For instance, they have categories now for best novels as well as best graphic story and also categories for best editor. So it's really broad, but it's all got to do with literary works regarding science fiction and fantasy. And so there's a lot of authors who've won these awards over the years. The most recent Worldcon was actually held in San Jose, California, my hometown, just earlier this month even. Well, okay, it's September now when this is airing, but it was held in August 
on the 19th, I believe. And next year it's going to be in Dublin. So it bounces around the world and every year the people at the convention vote on where the next place is going to be two years later. So they always know one year ahead where they're going to be and then it's the year after that that they're voting on, which I think is a really smart way to do it, honestly. Much less hectic because you can already be prepped for the next year without having to worry about it and then it's just the following year you get started to work on. But either way, Worldcon is one of the oldest science fiction conventions that we know of, so it's one of the oldest fan conventions. Another one that's really old is actually called Philcon, and it's held in Philadelphia. So Philcon is basically the same thing. It's a science fiction fantasy convention, and it is held every year in Philadelphia. Big surprise. But that's another one where it was started back in the 1930s, and it's still going today. Now... Not all of them have gotten as big as others. Worldcon is really big. I think most people who read science fiction fantasy have heard of the Hugo Awards, and even probably people who don't like that genre have heard of the Hugo Awards, because it's a big deal. And it's partly because it's the entire literary world as opposed to a more confined area. Now, obviously, the Philcon covers more than just Philadelphia science fiction fantasy, but... It's a little smaller, so it's not necessarily as well known. Like, I'd heard of Worldcon, I hadn't heard of Philcon prior to doing my research for this episode. Things like that. And fan conventions are very, they're very varied. There's a lot of different topics they cover. The Doctor Who convention that's called Gallifrey One is held every year here in California. It is at the Los Angeles Airport Marriott, and... It's been around since 1990. It started in the greater Los Angeles area. And of course, it focused on just Doctor Who initially. However, they've also featured guests from other shows like Babylon 5 and Star Trek and um, Andromeda, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Battlestar Galactica, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not, it technically is focused on Doctor Who, but they have included actors and actresses from other shows as well, but all within the science fiction type genre. Two other big conventions that are truly fan conventions. They are run by a nonprofit organization that was originally started by a bunch of fans of the genre or of the the group in question. One is WonderCon and one is the San Diego Comic-Con. So WonderCon started in the San Francisco Bay Area and was held there from 1987 all the way to 2011. And then in 2011, the Moscone Center, where it was being held, had to be remodeled. So they moved WonderCon down to Anaheim for a couple of years. And then uh, they held it one year in uh, Los Angeles also. But it was originally going to move back to San Francisco area and then ended up staying down in Southern California, which honestly, given all of the production companies and everything down there kind of makes sense, honestly. But either way, because of that, the Bay Area has started the Silicon Valley Comic Con. Uh, they started it back in 2016. And so that's the, the new WonderCon in the Silicon Valley area. But that's another one that was started by fans. Now, WonderCon was technically started by someone who owned a comic shop. But specifically, his name was Joe Field, and he was a retailer. He owned Flying Colors Comics and other cool stuff. 
and his partner, Mike Friedrich, also owned, and the two of them operated the convention for about 15 years before they turned it over to the company that runs San Diego Comic-Con, which is called Comic-Con International. So that was in 2001 that they sent it over to the San Diego Comic-Con to be run by them instead. And then, of course, San Diego Comic-Con, I feel like most people have heard of. And if you haven't, where have you been? Probably not in the same circles as me, honestly. I'm sure there's people who don't know what Comic-Con is. Sorry if I offended anyone with that comment. But I, I generally think if you're listening to a podcast called Geek Thyself, you probably at least have a general idea of what Comic-Con is, even if you've never been or don't know all the details. So San Diego Comic-Con, which was initially called the Golden State Comic Book Convention back in 1970 when it was founded. A lot of people will hear it referred to just as Comic-Con, and that's technically not incorrect because the group that runs and organizes the San Diego Comic-Con also runs and organizes several other comic conventions in the U.S. and around the world. But it was started as the Golden State Comic Book Convention by a group of San Diegans who were all, you know, big fans of comic books and things like that. And that was in 1970. And it's been held every year since, pretty much. I mean, they have had some years where there were more than one convention. So, for example, they now produce WonderCon. So they've got technically WonderCon in San Francisco and now Anaheim. And then they've also got the San Diego Comic-Con. But the one in Anaheim, like I mentioned earlier, gets called WonderCon. And they cover all sorts of different topics. Both of these do. They cover comics, but they also cover anime, collectible card games like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. They cover video games. So a lot of video game companies will rent space and have big shows there too. There's also artists. People who draw for some of the comic books and also who just do art in general will sometimes uh, rent a table at these and showcase their art. There's also people who work in tabletop gaming, which as you all know by now, I'm sure, is something that is near and dear to my heart. So Dungeons and Dragons and White Wolf games and Fiasco and a lot of other indie games that people don't know as much, but I love them, you know, things like that. All sorts of things happen at these conventions and they're huge and amazing. Well, okay, they're huge and amazing for people like me who are extremely nerdy and love this kind of stuff. If this isn't for you, if you don't like large crowded spaces with lots of people and big conventions of a lot of different things, if it's overwhelming or if you have any anxiety issues with that, then obviously something like this is not for you. San Diego Comic-Con or WonderCon, they're not going to be what you're interested in. Now, I will say that if you are interested in conventions but you just really don't want to go to a huge one, that's just too overwhelming for you, you'd rather go to something smaller, then what I would recommend is hopping online and looking around your area. For example, I'm in the Sacramento area, as I've mentioned before, and SAC Anime, which, like I said earlier, Logan and Tessa are going to be at, or excuse me, were at, at the end of August, is a pretty decent-sized area convention but when sac anime first started it was in a little tiny building called the scottish Rite center here in sacramento i i went a couple of times it was like 12 dollars for the whole weekend there were very few tables very few panels it was not a large convention at all 
it was the kind of convention where someone who doesn't like crowds would have still been okay most of the time because it was not super crowded. So there are smaller conventions, and if you're just not into the big, huge ones, but want to experience something similar, or maybe dip your toe in and see if it's something you would like, then, like I said, I would recommend Googling it, check out your area, you know, you could even type in local conventions for XYZ City and see what pops up, and I'm sure you're going to find something. Now, the conventions may not always be the kind of convention you're super excited about, but you don't know until you try, so I would definitely recommend looking if that's something that you think you're interested in. I hope you guys enjoyed this really brief kind of skimming over history of fan conventions. It's unfortunately something where it's really hard to give you a ton of detail because there's so many different fan conventions. I just physically could not cover every single one. I tried to hit some of the big ones, Gen Con, World Con, San Diego Comic Con. Most people have heard of those. And of course, the World Con, which is the science fiction one that has the Hugo Awards. Even if people haven't heard of Worldcon, most people have heard of the Hugo Awards if they've read those types of books at all. So things like that. I tried to hit the big points. But there's tons of other conventions. I'm positive I'm leaving out a bunch. There's just there's no way for me to cover every single one in good detail. I can tell you that if you go to Wikipedia, they actually do have a Wikipedia listing that is fan conventions, so you can see which ones are specifically run by fans and not run by a company such as BlizzCon. Things like that. So if that makes a difference to you, if you would rather go to one that's run by fans like me versus a big company like Blizzard Entertainment, then you could definitely check that out and it lists a bunch of different ones, including ones that are still running. So it, it has a list of some of the older ones as well as some that are still running. And again, that was Wikipedia. Just type in fan conventions and it pops up a listing. If you want to look for more information on historical conventions, such as the constitutional convention that I mentioned happened in 1787, then I would recommend hopping on Amazon and typing in U.S. history book lookups. So things like um, you could actually type in constitutional convention of 1787, and I'm sure you're going to have a ton of books pop up. A ton. Because especially here in America, that is a big historical turning point for a lot of things. So those are places where you could find more information to check out if you're interested. And of course, like I said, you could also just Google local conventions, local comic convention, local Yu-Gi-Oh convention. Another good resource is your favorite local gaming store, your FLGS. So if you have a comic store or a gaming store in your area, they're usually not super duper duper crowded. Like you, you usually can get in without feeling like you're claustrophobic because there's so many people, just saying. So you could check out your FLGS and see whether or not they have listings about local conventions or, you know, a good sort of precursor to a convention if you're not sure how you're going to feel about the crowds or just the convention in general would be maybe to go to one of the tournament days that those FLGS stores might have because a lot of them will have conventions for things like excuse me, not conventions, they'll hold tournaments for things like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon or Magic the Gathering. And if you go to one of those, you get a, a slight taste of what a convention might be like because you're surrounded by fellow nerds and geeks. And it's a lot of fun. So with that, I'm going to call this episode to an end because I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. 
and I will talk to you next week. Please remember to check out the other wonderful podcasts and productions here at nerdsmith.org. I'll be back next week with a new and interesting topic. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. So you already love D&D, obviously, but you want to sharpen your skills as a DM or player, right? Enter Dear DM, a Dungeons & Dragons advice podcast where I sit down with your favorite dungeon masters and answer D&D questions asked by you. Natural 20 is nudist. Um, (laughs) A plucked kanku. Uh, Charisma. Dump sack charisma. (laughs) Really? Great questions in the community today. Some really fun bits to to talk on and expand on. So Episodes release every other Tuesday and are available at nerdsmith.org or wherever you get your podcasts.